Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 283 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and a huge welcome to all of the new listeners coming from the Worthy and Love podcast tour. I'm so happy you're here. If you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. I release a new episode every Thursday, generally the first and third Thursday of the month, our coaching episodes where I bring on a client or listener of the show and I coach them through a problem or situation or a question they have in their life. The second episode of the month is generally a solo episode where I just dive a little bit deeper into something that came up in one of the coaching episodes or just something I want to talk about that's coming up a lot in my client sessions or maybe in pop culture and it relates to your love life, things like that. And then the fourth Thursday of the month, I have a guest expert on the show. Next week, I've gotten Madeline Charles, who is a relationship therapist, and we're talking all about attachment styles. So that's going to be a good one. And then if there is a fifth Thursday of a month, then I usually do something a little bit fun. Sometimes it might be a meditation. In September, this last month, there was five Thursdays. And the fifth Thursday, I just gave you a bunch of recommendations, TV shows, apps, Instagram accounts, all those kind of things that I'm really loving that are bringing me lots of joy, especially as we're just going through a really hard moment in history right now. So 
Anyways, that is how the show works. So thank you so much for listening. And also I'm super active on Instagram, especially in the DMs. So please feel free to send me a DM and introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about what's going on for you in your life and your love life. And of course, if you have any questions, would love to support you there. Again, I'm Veronica E. Grant and you can send me a DM. I will reply. And also I post there, you know, some more inspiration and tips and advice all about love life and dating and all of that kind of good stuff. And if you came late to the podcast tour, or you're still trying to follow along, then you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. And there I've linked up all of the podcasts that were a part of the pod tour. That way you can easily and quickly find all of the episodes and either listen to all of them, which I highly recommend, or at least listen to the episodes that resonate with you. All right, so let's get to today's episode, which I'm super excited to talk about. And I feel so passionate about this topic. So my caller today has a question around online dating and meeting, you know, men who want to have a relationship with her. But what we end up discovering is that she's not really over the last relationship that she was in. I feel so passionate about this topic because here's why. When it comes to getting over an old relationship, most people think they're over it if they don't feel anything for the person or if they don't want to actively get back together with their ex. So not feeling sad or not wanting to get back together is certainly a part of getting over an ex. But to be honest, that's the easier part. Not easy, just easier. The harder part about getting over an ex is getting over the relationship. What you made the relationship mean. What wound or belief that relationship bumped up against. How that relationship made you feel. This is the part that most people get stuck on. And it's easy to kind of miss that this is what's really going on. And the reason that this part is a little bit more difficult is because your inner child and core wounding are playing out here. So it requires a level of deep work and radical honesty that, to be honest, just aren't always that easy to do. This is exactly what we get into today with my caller, Sharon. If you're dating, but you're still thinking about your ex, or you're comparing everyone to your past relationship, or you find yourself in similar patterns, or maybe you don't trust because of what happened in your past relationship, this coaching call is a must listen. And let me just give you a quick example. We're going to get into it with Sharon, but I just want to make sure you're super clear because sometimes people think, oh, over my ex, moving on, not listening to this episode. So let me just give you an example. You know, let's say that you only dated someone for like, I don't know, a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and it's been a year or more since you've dated that person, and yet you still think about that person, or you compare that person to other people, or there's just something that's keeping you stuck. Is it really that person? I would argue at that point, no. It's that person bumped up against something. So perhaps that person made you feel a way you've never felt before or made you believe something about yourself, like you were good enough, that you were worthy or whatever, but they were your source of that. And then the relationship ended, they left your life and along with it, they left your ability to feel good enough or feel a certain way. And so that's what keeps you stuck on a relationship, especially if the relationship wasn't that long or if it ended a long time ago when you feel like you quote unquote should be over it. 
So keep that in mind as you're listening into this episode. And just by the way, I was getting over being sick when we recorded this. Um, yay for my baby being in daycare. Uh, so we did have to edit out some coughs and me getting sips of water. I feel totally fine. It's just my voice was, you know, <laughs> a little bit in the garbage. So as you're listening, you know, there might be some more obvious edits, hopefully not. But if if you do notice, just know that that's what is going on. I was just, you know, taking a coughing break. Uh, this is what we do. All right. So with that all being said, let's jump into my conversation with Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for having me. I'm dating and doing online dating, and I'm just really finding it very frustrating and not having a lot of luck with it, not, not meeting the kind of people that I would want to continue to have a relationship with or make go any further with. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that I've been thinking a lot about my last relationship, but that last relationship ended two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a very, very strong relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what was strong about it? I had never, I've never felt that loved in my life before. I've never felt so cherished by someone and had been taken to such heights sexually with someone mm-hmm. in my entire life. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And why did that relationship end? Well, I can't tell you exactly in the sense that he was, he was unhappy with certain things. Um, He wasn't very articulate and very, very clear about what exactly it was. There were a number of things that just seemed kind of random to me. And eventually he said, we didn't have anything more to talk about. And he basically blocked me on all of our communication channels. So I couldn't, reach out to him to say, can we just talk some more? Can we uh, figure this out? So I, I've been like these last two years have been a lot in the dark. I've completely been in the dark because I haven't yeah. heard from him. I haven't been able to contact him. And yeah. 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 It was very disappointing. It was like, yeah. it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Sounds like, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to oh. go through that. Hmm. What's the story you tell yourself about that? I tell myself that I think, I mean, Obviously, it's the two of us. I think that he had some issues as well that he couldn't, whether he, because he came on very strong in the beginning and I was much more hesitant because I didn't didn't think he was my type at first. But then as I got to know him, I became more and more enamored with him. And then it it was nine months or 10 months in total that it lasted. And around, you know, the halfway mark, I was really felt I was really in Mm -hmm. and I think that, um, so I think it, whether he was towards the end, whether he was afraid of the intimacy that we were approaching and just couldn't take on for whatever reason that, that, that I was wanting this now and I was really in. And also I had told him in the beginning, I was, I had been seeing someone else and he's, he had some very clear thoughts and, and ideas around social mores and, he was very, he was a little bit conservative in some ways, but then not conservative at all in many other ways. Mm-hmm. So, so I think what I'm saying is, I, I think it was both of us. I was probably not when it was, when I was fully engaged and wanted more and wanted to, to engage in the, in, in the relationship way more. I wonder if I was too late and if I couldn't, I wasn't communicating what I wanted properly. I just, I wasn't communicating that this is what I wanted and I wanted him and I chose him. Although we both said that to each other. And I think he was incapable as well of accepting 
what the relationship, where we were going. And he's, mm-hmm. he's 20 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's so many things I want to ask about <laughs> this relationship. <laughs> I'm getting some, not like red flags, but I'm just getting some senses that this was actually a, what's the kind of relationship I want to call it. It, it. it was a relationship based on core wounds and filling each other's voids. Mm. That's what I'm picking up just because mm. of some of the, some of the key phrases you've said, like it started off really strong. The sex was really great. He seemed like really, you know, he was able to help you feel enamored and feel loved and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But then ultimately mm-hmm. he wasn't able to meet you at the emotional intimacy that you wanted. To me, like these are all hallmark signs that he played into some core pattern, some core wound. And you played into his as well, but we don't have to figure out that part because that's on him (laughs) to figure out what was going on for him. But for you, I think there's something about that relationship that really just, it just nestled right into a void, right into a core wound almost perfectly. And those kind of relationships can feel, I mean, they can just, they can feel like fireworks. They can feel amazing. They can feel like, like, whoa, is this real life? Like, this is my fairy tale. Like all of the things that we, that we tell ourselves. But the thing is, is that it's not really love. It's really just, uh, it's not lust either. It's like, it's that very deep core need of whatever inner child wounding was playing into this getting fulfilled. Mm. And those kind of relationships are never sustainable. They're never long-term, you know, there is always going to be, you know, an expiration date, um, because it just won't work anymore because it's just, that's just the nature of those kinds of relationships. So we could obviously dive into that, but also what I want to know is what work have you done to heal and move on and grow since the breakup between, you know, then and now? Well, I've, I started seeing a therapist. Um, I've, I've done therapy in my past before, but I started seeing a therapist out of necessity like a couple months after he left me because I was just obsessed with, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I was so upset and I was so brokenhearted and I missed him so terribly. Yeah. And I just needed some help to, to figure out how to cope. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I saw her for about for the, a year, well, almost two years after the, the whole time when I was in New York. And then I've also been, I've been doing a lot of reading and working with, I was in a, a with a group of friends who, a group of, like a common group, we called ourselves the, we were like the love club and we would bring our relationship issues and, and just talk through a lot of things and, and be very supportive of one another. I I've love done a that. Lot of, yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing thing. It was really an amazing group. And I've just, I've done a lot of like reading and listening to uh, journaling and throughout the pandemic, like just mm-hmm. looking back on, on my communication style, looking back in my childhood, looking back on how, you know, what, what, what are the needs that I do have? Where does this come from and how, or, and sometimes, you know, I think of episodes in our relationship and I think, okay, how could I have done that better? Or did I, did I, was I not um, was I not honest there? Was I not? Could I have responded in a different way that would have been more open and more loving? And just kind of rethinking that. And yeah. so it sounds like you've done a lot of work, which is amazing. So tell me what you've learned. What have you realized? Well, I've realized that uh, it's really important for me to communicate how I'm feeling a hundred percent, and not without worrying about how the other person is going to take that. I mean, of course. 
you, I need to be responsible for my communications and for my words and the impact that that's going to have on another person. But at the same time, I can't either hold back or not say what I'm feeling because that doesn't get me anywhere. It doesn't lead to anything. I've also learned that, I mean, I know that from my past that I've, I, I, one of my issues is, is, is feeling a lack of love, like a feeling, a lack of being deeply loved by my parents. I know mm-hmm. I was loved, but I, my mother like didn't delight in me. Like she didn't, she, my parents were going through some really difficult things on their own. And my mother was, she just had her own issues to deal with. And I just don't think she had the tools to deal with her own issues. And then also to, to fulfill what my needs were. And, yeah. and, um, it was, it was a bit, it was kind of a traumatic childhood. My parents were, my father was, he wasn't physically violent, but he was very emotionally abusive. And that I've only been working on like in the last 15 years of my life. Cause I didn't really even go there when I was, you know, in my forties and thirties, I, I guess I just was, it was in denial or I thought it was normal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And tell me a little bit, a bit more about what you're experiencing on you know, you're, you said you said you're online dating now. So what's a little bit? Yeah. Give me a taste of what you're. You don't need to like go through everything. But yeah. Just what's a taste of what you're experiencing? Say, for instance, well, I I've met this guy online. Just to, we've been chatting for a couple of weeks because I wasn't in the country where he was. And then when I got here, we met, but he was hesitant, saying, you know, oh, I'm not looking for a relationship. Blah blah blah. I said, well, let's, you know, I thought he was a very interesting individual. I said, well, let's meet up anyway. That's, you know, that's okay. Even though I am looking for a relationship. So we met up and it was great. We had a really, you know, it was a really interesting conversation. And then we saw each other again and we had sex. Yeah. And it was wonderful because it's been like (laughs) nine months, right? Um, But at the same time, and I just, I, I, I veer between looking at that as, Oh my God, like what a beautiful gift. And that was just lovely. And and owning my own sexuality because I want to be fine with my own sexuality, my own desire. And the fact Mm -hmm. that I desired him, he's beautiful. And, and I wanted to, I wanted to have sex with him. And Mm -hmm. also the other side being, you know, eh, it kind of ends up like this, you know, Eh, it kind of ends up like this, as opposed to trying to maybe get to know each other more or, or looking for something else, even though he said he wasn't, you know, he was very clear. He wasn't, he's not, wasn't looking for a relationship. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to say? Uh, it's the same kind of situation. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Um, well, I think there's a few things going on here. <laughs> I think one, I think you have a lot of awareness and I want to acknowledge you know, the work that you've done with your therapist and the reading and the reflecting and the journaling, like, I I really don't want you to take this as me like poo-pooing all over that or, you know, whatever. Like, I really do yeah, want to yeah. acknowledge all of that work because it's, it's a lot. And a lot of people never even get to the stage of building this awareness because if you don't own where you are, or if you don't know where you really are, you know, you can't really shift, you know, it's kind of like yeah, that exactly. the Shire cat from Alice in Wonderland. Like if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter what, you know what I mean? So you just have to right. know where you are and where you want to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I really do deeply acknowledge that. And what I see is you've built a lot of awareness. You have some awareness around your childhood. You have some awareness around, you know, the way your father treated you, your, 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 your mom and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't see 
the level of integration, especially with the inner child that's needed in order to actually shift this pattern. So it's like, it's like you're doing all this deep work over here, but then you log on to the apps or you get in a relationship and all of that seems to go by the wayside. It's like, it's like the relationships and dating space like exists in its own little world in your life and its own little bubble without the impacts or the integration from the deep work that you've, you've been doing. Okay. Because, and, and we don't have to go into it here, but like, I can only imagine how devastating, traumatic, scary it is to be emotionally abused by your father. Right. Because this is supposed to be the first man in your life who loves you unconditionally for you. Okay. That's it, was, what it was my, it was my mother that he emotionally abused. It wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't you. Okay. It's still it scary. Me, but, but I still witnessed that. Yeah. Yes. And it was very scary as a, as a tiny thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even so that's Sorry. still incredibly scary. It's incredibly, um, you know, it, it affects us in a lot of ways, but another thing that it does is, you know, when you're living in the four walls of your house as a kid, like that's your world. For all you know, every single house is like that. Every single couple mm-hmm. is like that. Mm-hmm. You don't know. And so there's still probably this element of chaos or walking on eggshells or just needing to feel some sort of semblance of love, safety, and belonging. And I just get a sense that your inner child deeply, deeply needed that. And that is why someone can come along like this person from online you just mentioned, or your ex mm. can come along and for lack of a better phrase, love bomb you. And it's not that you fall for it in the sense that like you're naive, but you fall for it because your inner child so deeply needs to feel loved. And so you either miss or completely disregard either red flags or things they flat out tell you like that they're not looking for a relationship because you're like, I don't care. I don't care. And you're so willing to see them. You're so willing to give them your time, your energy, your attention, because there's this part of you inside that still so deeply needs to feel loved. And that's where the integration of inner child work comes in. Awareness is important. You have to be able to build awareness and you've done a lot of that, but now you've moved to the stage where it's time to integrate. And so when you are on the apps or when, and and, and also actually the other thing is I think that with this relationship, I don't think you've gotten the soul closure yet. Mm. And so you're trying to move on. You're trying to date, but a few things can be happening. You can compare this, you know, a new person to your ex. You can compare how you feel to your ex. You can also be kind of holding yourself on the hook for like not messing up or making the same mistakes as last time. Like you can be dating from any of those kinds of spaces or anything Mm. else that's kind of keeping you still in the world of that relationship. And to me, that just tells me that, you know, looking back at your past relationship, yeah, it might be helpful to look at some of the so-called quote unquote mistakes that you made. Like, okay, I can do something different in the future. But also I think it's really helpful. Like, I'm not convinced based on what you've shared so far that you've actually healed from the relationship in the sense of the the deeper work, like how Mm -hmm. it's playing into the inner child. Like, I think that you've got probably some really good coping strategies to feel a little bit more emotionally stable and not be hung up on the person. It seems to me that's certainly happened, but in terms of like the soul on the soul level, I don't think that's quite happened yet. And I think that because it seems like the pattern is getting repeated and just based on this one example that you gave me. And also when you're talking about your past relationship, it's like what you did wrong, what mistakes you made. 
And again, not saying we can't learn from our past quote unquote mistakes and learn from them and grow from them, but looking back at the past relationship and and really moving on from it and healing from it, it's not about looking at your past mistakes. It's really looking at why did I attract this person from where did I attract this person? You didn't attract this person because you're broken or need to be fixed. Nobody does, but you did attract this person from somewhere and you probably attracted this person from this little girl who just so deeply needs to feel loved and seen and heard and whatever that thing is that she needed that she didn't get from her childhood. And so that's what attracted the relationship. And so when you made these quote unquote mistakes, you didn't do them because like, like I'm putting these in air quotes, mistake, Mm. the the word mistakes, because I don't really believe in mistakes or failures. Like I just believe that you were doing the best you could at the time. And so when you were in this relationship, you were again, making these quote unquote mistakes because you needed to feel loved and you need to feel safe and you need to feel like you belonged. And so you were willing to compromise by not stating a boundary, not saying what you need, not clearly stating whatever the, again, the so-called mistakes were. And so it's not about like nitpicking, oh, I did this, I need to do that better. I did did this and you do that Mm -hmm. better. It's really about healing the come from, healing from where you attracted the relationship and that will organically shift the behavior in the future. So it's a very different way at looking at the past relationship and really putting some soul closure on it. I don't think you've gotten the soul closure. The good thing about closure is that you don't need your ex to, the other person. to, to have the closure because that's yeah. not even like really a, like, like most closure is an ego-based thing. Mm-hmm. Like I need to know why. And the thing is, is that even if you knew 100% that he could give you an honest answer as to why he left it's still, if we're really being honest, like it still wouldn't be enough, you know, yeah. like, it wouldn't really actually make you feel better or heal the heartbreak. But the soul closure is like, what did my soul learn from this relationship that she needed to learn in order to grow to the next level, you know, that she was supposed to, that she's supposed to go to and, and then to the next level and the next level that will allow me to get into the place where then I can attract the person I meant to be with. And I don't think you've given yourself really that opportunity to do that because otherwise you wouldn't be in the same pattern. And I'm not saying online dating doesn't have its own issues (laughs) and complications, but I do think that online dating is just a microscope or it's just going to manifest whatever, like whether or not you met this person online or at the bar, like the same thing would have happened. That's what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, of healing the soul like that, when you're talking about that kind of deep, deep healing, is that something that you would say, well, that's your process. That's what you help with. Or, I mean, like, how would you even go about saying or looking at, well, this is, this is how this kind of happens. How, how does that happen? You mean like, how do you actually do the, the soul yeah, healing? Do the, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, funny you should ask. Um, so, so no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, one, I have a free email course on this. So, I'm just, I'm just saying that. Uh, I caution. What is the link? I don't have the link in my head right now, but we'll put it in the show notes so that people listening can go grab it, and then I'll be sure to make sure you you have the link where I, okay. I go into it a lot more detail than I'll be able to here. Um, but the very first thing is you've got to just first clear out your space. So, if you still have anything of his, definitely get rid of that, and then the this, the next piece after that, well, you know, it depends really what order you want to go in, but I think then the next piece is take him off the pedestal. Cause I think you probably have still put him on the pedestal. 
pedestal, meaning like if you're doing mm. any kind of comparison, like, oh, this person's great, but it's not like this person or this relationship's great, but I don't feel the way I felt with him. That's all putting him on a pedestal. And it's just, again, like the relationship, I think there was a lot of illusions in that relationship. And so first, like putting on the pedestal, it's not even like a fair comparison because a lot of it was illusion, but also like, even if it really was a truly wonderful relationship with no unhealthy issues going on like no one's perfect no relationship's perfect so Mm. we got to bring it down to earth and so I would just do everything you possibly can like write out like a list of like 25 30 40 50 reasons as to why that person is not the right person for you and you can write the big things but also the small things like he hangs the toilet paper on the toilet paper roll the wrong way (laughs) you know like just it can be really stupid things that are really inconsequential but just like anything to be like yep this person's not right not right and bring them down to you know to earth with you and all the rest of us little earthlings that's an, another important piece. And then the next piece is you've got to get really, really clear on what your inner child needed by not only attracting this person, but also staying in the relationship and potentially compromising on herself or her boundaries or her needs or her wants or desires. So but it felt to me like oh, there were so many, so many desires and wants and needs that were being fulfilled. So Yes. And you also told me that when you were looking back at the past, at the relationship, you told me that, you know, some of your communication wasn't quite as clear. So to me, that tells me that there's probably some things that, you know, even though some of your needs are getting met, not all of the needs are getting met. Hmm. Does that feel, does that answer your question? Um, Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I feel that yes and no. I mean, I feel that, that so many more of my needs are being met and I, I feel that he, uh, he was a- actually able to see me in a way that I also hadn't felt seen by a- any other partner. And I-, I just felt like there was a very strong connection with us. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think it was an illusion. I, I don't think that, mm-hmm. that it was an illusion. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I understand that I wanted to, that I definitely wanted to be loved and I do want to be loved. I still want to be loved and seen and adored. I want to be adored. Yeah. And Um, let me be clear. Like it's not, that's, yeah, that's, that's a normal human thing. Like we, your partner should make you feel loved and adored and seen and all that kind of stuff. It's when your ability to feel good or happy or worthy or complete or whatever the word is Mm. there is reliant on that person making you feel loved, adorned, seen, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Although I'm not, I don't think that I'm, I mean, 
I, I understand my self-worth and I understand, like, I've certainly come a long, long way in terms of building that and, yeah. and understanding how that, um, how that concept works and, and how it can be very negative and negative repercussions. But my self-worth did not depend on him loving me. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, I don't believe that that was how I was in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I just felt that his love for me was just something quite extraordinary that was like something beyond what I'd ever experienced. But mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't believe, I didn't feel that like my, who I am as a person and how I move in the world didn't depend on how he loved me or not. Mm-hmm. This was like something that was on top mm-hmm. <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of the fact that, yeah, I, I'm relatively sure. I mean, I'm always looking to grow and I'm always looking to learn new things and I want to get to that next level. I want to understand more, but I feel that it was something that was almost like, wow, like this is really pretty amazing. And I just kind of want to let myself come into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to resist this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hear that mm-hmm. and I don't want to, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take that away. Yeah at all. And maybe illusion wasn't the right word. Um, so I'll, I can take that back. Um, I still think well, you're, I, inner... I don't know. It's interesting that you would, you, yeah, it's interesting yeah I, I still think that your inner child is, was playing into this. Mm. I still think that your inner child needed something that this person was able to, to give to you for mm. that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't overemphasize how good that can feel. Like it could feel really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> it feels like, oh, like the yeah. angels have sung. You know, okay. There's a couple, oh God, there's a couple of questions I want to ask, but I'm trying to think what I want to go with. I think the work here, you know, in terms of like finding the soul closure and the soul lessons is getting really clear on how was your inner child playing into this relationship? Have you, have you worked with the inner child before? Not specifically formally, kind of, but okay. I've read about it and I, and yeah, and I, I think I understand the concept. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about inner child work is that um, <laughs> a lot of people in my audience like understand it and will think about it and will intellectualize it, but the inner child is definitely on the emotional level. Right. So we really have to feel into how she's feeling, what's going on for her, what's coming up for her, all those things. And then that will help give insight as to, why we're doing what we're doing. Let's just do a quick little thing. So go ahead and close your eyes for me and just take a couple of breaths. And we don't have to tie this to like any specific memory, but if a specific memory comes up, that's totally fine. If you were to call forward your inner child, tell me who comes up. What do you see? How old is she? What's going on for her? I see a, like a five-year-old um, who's very playful and uh, and very innocent and um, very joyous too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what is she? What is she needing that she's not getting? I don't think she's getting. Well, she's not getting a lot of attention. She kind of does her she kind of is under herself you know she kind of entertains herself and is Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be getting a lot of other attention Mm -hmm. yeah and what does she want 
Well, I think she wants to be seen and, and to be loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does she feel? When she thinks about that, she feels sad not to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you feel that emotion somewhere in your body right now? Yeah. Where do you feel it? I feel it kind of in my chest. In a scale of one to ten, how strongly do you feel it? Uh, it's about a six, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's take another breath. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Does that feeling remind you of anything? It just reminds me of like a lack, you know, of a wanting, of a desire, of. Um, yeah, just uh, the f- feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Can you see her playing a role in your last relationship or even in this most current experience you told me about? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think she, she, she just wants to be, you know, just to be caressed and, and, and just to be loved and to be reassured that everything's okay. It's all okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what kids deserve. <laughs> that's what they deserve. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's more here for you to do to see how the inner child has been mm-hmm. playing out, not just in this past relationship, but, you know, you can look at your, I mean, you can look at your entire love life if you really want to, but specifically, mm-hmm. you know, this last, last relationship, since it does seem to be holding you back a little bit, or even in your current experience, you know, on the apps and just, you know, when you find yourself, like, for example, like the, when you told me this person was like, Oh, you know, I'm not looking for anything serious. And you're like, Oh, but we should still meet or whatever. Like to pause. I'm like, okay, from where is that coming from? You know, is that coming from my inner child who just really wants to be seen, loved, caressed, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that coming from my, you know, sovereign self who knows what she wants and, you know, is sticking basically to that. And once you can create some clarity around that, then you can move to the soul, the soul closure. The soul closure is really just more of like a cathartic experience about really trusting that that relationship, this past relationship, and really this one experience with this person, I guess it was two experiences, is like they were your soulmate for that moment in time. Like your ex was your soulmate for the, I think you said 10 months that you were together. He was 100% your soulmate. And sometimes that doesn't, well, at least the way I define it, that doesn't mean he was your soulmate in the sense of like, you know, the Disney Prince Charming or, no, <laughs> or whatever, but like your soulmate in the sense of like your two souls were meant to come together in this lifetime for this amount of time. And it was never a mistake and it was never a waste of time. If you take the time to find the soul lessons and then to grow from it. So if this relationship becomes a catalyst for you diving into the soul work, into the inner child, to begin to really heal this wound that got created when you were a child and to grow from that so that then you can attract someone, you know, not from that place, um, Mm. but from, you know, a different place of yourself, then it was all worth it. That's like the soulmate meaning. And, and I think that's true for one night stands to 20 plus year marriages and everything in between. I really do believe that no relationship is a waste of time. No relationship Uh is a mistake. Every relationship is a soulmate 
if you take the time to do exactly what you know I'm talking about here. Yeah, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. Is this helpful? Yeah, no, it is helpful. I mean, at a certain point, I thought, okay, well, I've kind of gone through, I've kind of put this to bed. You know, I've kind of been able to work through this, but I don't know if I'm kidding myself or, you know, I just, I, I need to do or understand more. And I'm, if I'm repeating, if this is almost, if it's like something that I'm repeating, then obviously I haven't, I haven't healed fully from that. Yeah. I would definitely say if you're repeating it, it's not healed quite yet. Mm. And that doesn't mean you haven't, again, like I said earlier, like that doesn't mean you haven't done the work. It just means like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool. There's another layer to go. There's something deeper here. Um, Sometimes people will beat themselves up because they're like, oh, I've healed this. Or I thought I worked on this. And it's like, yeah, you have, and you have grown and you have learned a lot and you've healed a lot of it. And there just might be another layer to go. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like this opportunity to like beat ourselves up or judge ourselves. Right. right? It's like, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you've done this and there's a layer to go. I will say that sometimes also what happens is when people are getting over an ex, it's like for them getting over an ex is just simply not feeling sad about it anymore or not wanting to uh-huh. be with that person uh-huh. anymore. And that's mm-hmm. like 10% of getting over an ex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the 90% of getting over an ex is what we're talking about here, which is like, what's the sole reason? Like, why did you attract that person? And how can we heal that pattern so that mm-hmm. it doesn't show up or so that you're not in, like comparing everyone to that last experience or that relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what do you make of this the, the second person, like this, this second, whatever it is, it's not a relationship, whatever it is. But like, I'm looking at it as well is okay well this is this has been a real gift for me this has been a real a real gift that i like to have seen him and to have gotten to know him and physically was such it was such a pleasurable thing and such a it, it was it was really sweet and then you know i know that he's not looking for a relationship i know that he's that, that that's I don't, well, I don't know what he's capable of or what he's capable of giving but if that's it then then i kind of feel okay with that you know, it all depends on how you feel. Yeah. Like if you want to have like an adventurous, like weekend with someone and there's no strings attached and there's great sex and great wine and whatever else, then like have fun. I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. I'm going to tell you that's bad. Um, I think the only time it becomes quote unquote bad is when you feel repeatedly hurt, disappointed. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. No, I definitely do not feel hurt. I mean, I would, I would love to see him again. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, I I do think there's probably room to ask yourself, like, why do you want to continue seeing someone who's been very clear that they're not looking for a relationship? I do think yeah. there's some question and some digging and to do around that because you do deserve somebody who wants you and who wants to be in a relationship with you if that's what you want as well. So I think it's worth it to look into why, you know, you're willing or wanting to spend more time with this person, even though you know that they don't want something further with you, especially if it's something that you know you want. There could be a lot of things going on here, which we won't have time to dig into. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's definitely inner child stuff for sure, but it could just be like a suppression of desire. It could be form of spiritually bypassing like, oh, this is fun because he's a cool person. We're having fun. And that's used as a way to suppress like the emotion behind of, or not even the emotion, but like the pain of being rejected or not seen or loved in the way you want it you know, want to be loved or seen. So that's what I would say about that. Like, again, like if you're 
open to having like a whirlwind romance and you know like there's no strings attached like again have fun but if you're again I just think that if what you really want is a long-term committed relationship and you're willing to put a lot of time and energy to people who aren't willing to put that same kind of time and energy and intention into you then I think it is worth looking at what's really going on here like why am I I don't know if settling is the right word, but why am I putting up with it? Like, why am I accepting yeah. this is okay when there's something bigger, there's something deeper that I want? Yeah. So I think there's probably some special bypassing, denial, a suppression of desires, emotions. And that and that can very much happen growing up in a house where there was abuse going on. Because it's like, oh, don't want to get in the line of fire, you know? And mm-hmm. so... And so you learn to just walk on eggshells. You learn to tiptoe. You learn to not say what you want. You learn to not have needs or wants or desires. But everyone does. Every kid does. Every adult does. And so if you learn just to live like that, because that's what kept the house somewhat safe, somewhat chaos-free, then you know that'll be the behavior then that you take into adulthood until you do the work to understand where it came from and then shift it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Was this helpful? Yeah. 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 No, it's been helpful, Veronica, and a very interesting perspective. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad this was helpful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon, for coming onto the show. As always, I so appreciate your time and your courage and your vulnerability. And by the way, if you are listening to this podcast and you would like to be coached by me for free on this show, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and there you'll see a link that says something along the lines of, do you want to be coached on the podcast? Click that link. And then there you will be prompted to fill out a Google form and that will get you onto my wait list. And then as soon as I have spots available, I will email you and let you know when you can book your spot to be coached by me. And it's totally free. All right. So Sharon's question started out as her frustrations online, but it quickly led us to her past relationship that was two years ago. Now she kind of laughed at herself because that relationship ended two years ago and she was like, I ought to be over it by now. And though I didn't say it on our call, I want to just make sure I say it here. Time means almost nothing when it comes to getting over an ex. I will say that time does mean something when it's the first part of getting over an ex. So like those initial emotions, you know, I, when I do have a client that's like just getting out of a relationship or a relationship just fell apart. Um, Yeah, they're a little bit in the muck of their emotions. They kind of just have to ride it out and feel all the feelings. Yeah, that does take time. And so time is certainly a part of that. But if it's been months or years since that relationship passed, and you're still thinking about it, there's still something about that relationship that, you know, you haven't fully released, that generally means that there's something else other than your emotions that are wrapped up in that relationship. And that something else generally has to do with your core wounds, your inner child, all of that kind of stuff. And that stuff can last for years. Time doesn't mean anything with that. It just means it means nothing. Um, There's a quote that I always talk about, gosh, it was a couple seasons ago, and this is us. God, I'm going to get this so wrong because I'm not prepared to say this today in the episode. But but basically, one of the main characters, Kevin, is talking about someone who died. I won't give it away because in case you want to watch the show, it's really good. Highly recommend, especially if you want to see how inner child work can really play out in your life. Uh, anyways, 
he's basically saying like, oh, you know, this person died, but it was a long time ago. And Sylvester Stallone was in that episode. And he basically says like, you know what, kid, time means nothing when it comes to that kind of stuff. And he's totally, totally right. So if you're struggling to get over an ex, especially if you know that you're over it logically, like you don't feel that many feelings, if any at all towards the person, or you know that you don't want to get back together with the person, then I highly recommend you take my email course on getting over an ex. I'll talk a little bit more about it in a few minutes, but just for right now, just so you have the link, it's veronicagrant.com forward slash breakup. So the other thing that I just wanted to mention is, you know, Sharon pushed back a little bit and said that her relationship wasn't an illusion. And I want to say a couple things. One, whether you work with me or someone else, it's so important to maintain your agency and say, hey, I don't know about that. Or hey, that doesn't resonate with me. No one knows everything. And obviously that includes me. And this is my first time meeting Sharon. You know, I'm not a little birdie on her shoulder where I can see everything. So I really appreciate that she said something. And I still stand by the belief that her inner child was playing out in this relationship. Again, I don't know everything that happened, but I do know that when our inner wounds aren't healed, filling those voids can just feel amazing. And when other people feel those voids, it can feel like false intimacy. And after working with so many women, I do see many of the signs in her relationship. It's true that there could have been very real feelings and it can be true that they were playing their wounds out on each other. So I encourage Sharon and you, if you can relate to her story, that you do some of the excavation work to really understand from where you are attracting the relationship and what did that relationship make you feel or believe about yourself or even believe about love, relationships, the world, all of those things that you, in some level, deep down or conscious or not can't feel or believe about yourself totally on your own, because those are the things that keep you stuck on a relationship long after they're gone. And a coach who can do this kind of work with you is especially helpful because you only know what you know. And then especially in these kinds of relationships, it can be hard to see the bigger pattern of what's really going on. And of course, we all have our blind spots. And that's the value of having someone else say, hey, but what about this? Or hey, but this is actually true instead. And it can just be like, oh my God, never saw it like that. Anyways, another thing that confirmed this for me was the experience she had with the most recent man from online. Now, she chose to meet this man even after he told her that he didn't want anything serious and they slept together. Now, on the one hand, she seemed genuinely okay with that, but she also mentioned that there was some disappointment and that's not really what she wanted. She wanted something more. And considering the online dating question and who she was meeting online was the initial question that she started her call with, I have to imagine that this setup isn't necessarily what she wants. So suppression of desires or spiritually bypassing yourself by saying, but this was fun, or he's such a great person or so interesting, or I learned so much about him. And it was so fun. So I can just be okay with that. You know, I see this as a common pattern in women. And this can be especially true if you grew up in a house where there was an unavailable parent, whether physically or emotionally, or if there was even any abuse. And with this parent, whether they were, you know, abusive or just unavailable, you still try to get that person's attention, try to get that person to love you. You can play that out very easily as an adult, that same exact pattern. But instead of trying to get the parent to love you, you're trying to get the person that you're dating to love you, even though they're literally telling you, hey, this isn't what I want. But because it just triggers this part of you that feels very familiar of, ooh, this is how I get love. This is how I reaffirm to myself that I'm good enough, that I'm worthy, that I'm whatever it is. So I have a feeling that that is probably getting played out in this current relationship. 
or thing that's going on to Sharon. And perhaps some of that old pattern was also getting played out in the old relationship as well, which is what's tethering it to her now in her present day life. And I just want to mention here, rendezvous, one night stands, flings, none of that is bad or wrong. So please hear me. I'm not trying to make that wrong or bad if that's what you want or that's what you're in right now. And no, I do not believe that if you have a one night stand or a rendezvous or whatever, that it's going to tell the universe that that's what you want. So it'll send more of it to you. Like, I just think that's a way that we can be really, really mean to ourselves. But I do think that rendezvous, one night stands and flings become problematic when you lose your agency and when you lie to yourself about what you really want. It becomes a problem when you're not being honest with yourself and you try to convince yourself that you're okay with the situation at hand. Or when you want something more with someone and you think that if you play it cool and just have sex and kind of just, you know, be the cool girl, the chill person or whatever, that they'll magically fall in love with you and want to take the, whatever the situation is, a friends with benefits, relationship, whatever, to something more. I was personally a master at this, not at getting a friends with benefits situation to turn to something more, but a master at convincing myself of this lie. So this episode was fairly long. I'm going to leave this one here. And if you want, again, specific action steps to take if you're having trouble letting go of a past relationship or the pattern of your last relationship, I really want you to check out my Getting Over an Ex email course. It's totally free and totally doable. It's five days and each day I will send you an email that has a teeny tiny action step that will help you get big results and changes in your life. So you can sign up for it at veronicagrant.com forward slash breakup. And remember, getting over an ex is much more than just not wanting to get back together with the person anymore. If you find yourself having a hard time trusting people or trusting yourself because of a previous relationship, you haven't fully moved on from the past relationship. If you still feel a lot of anger, you haven't fully moved on. If you compare everyone to your ex, you haven't fully moved on. If you feel guarded, if you feel, you know, like the person sitting in front of you on the date that you're on now can't be trusted until proven innocent or whatever, proven trustworthy, then you really haven't let go of your past relationship. This doesn't mean you still love them or that you want to get back together with them. It just means that the relationship is still holding you back in your present day life. And that's not fair to you. You're worth doing the inner work so you can find the soul lessons and get the soul closure you need to fully close that chapter of your life and attract in the relationship that you really want. So again, to get my free email course that will walk you through exactly how to do that, you can get started at veronicagrant.com forward slash breakup. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you today on the Love Life Connection. Again, if you are a new listener coming in from the podcast tour, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Make sure you connect with me. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. I'm very active on DM. So please introduce yourself over there. You can also send me an email at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact if you're not into the gram, which I totally understand. All right, my dear, I will see you next week with a brand new episode with a guest where we're talking all about attachment styles. Until then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. 
Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.